Okay, hopefully that intro went well. Um, welcome to the 10-Minute Drill, the worst podcast known to man now with a viewership of four to seven people, um, bringing you everything Swedish fantasy football related. Uh, I know everyone's very excited about our first show. Um, we'll talk about draft today, we'll talk about best team, worst team, and then we'll preview the matchups real quick. But I got a very special guest this week, fantasy football guru and league uh, member, Lucas Hazelwood of, I don't even remember his team names, the Darren Sproles parody. So welcome, Lucas, to this, this very illustrious show. Hey, thanks for having me. Even though I'm not a member of the illustrious Swedish first till staff. Yeah, you should feel privileged. Um, so Lucas is hailing from the back parking lot of a subway right now. So <laughs> this is, we're, we're being very professional with this podcast here. Um, so let's just jump right into it because we have a 10-minute goal, which we'll go over inevitably. Um, let's talk about the draft. So we just had the draft about two weeks ago, um, live draft. I thought it went fairly smoothly overall, although the surrogate Connie I thought could have done a better job. Uh, either way, let's talk about the steal of the draft, so the, the biggest steal uh, player, and then the most overrated pick of the draft. So I'll start first, and then we'll have Lucas jump in here. So for the steal, uh, I'm gonna have to. It's not. I, I can't even go with one person here, but I'm gonna have to go with the running quarterbacks: um, Russell Wilson, Colin Kaepernick, RG3. I think they. Everyone for some reason is getting off the bandwagon, even though they were so hot at the end of last season. Um, and they were going for like 10 15 and max like $18, $20, which I think they're going to have a lot better year than that. Granted, there's always the injury risk, but I think they're going to outperform their, um, their correlated prices uh, by quite a bit this year. Lucas, any thoughts? Yeah, you can also throw Michael Vick in there, too. It's a pretty good steal. Oh, Michael Vick, yeah, as well. Is that is that your steal? No, that's not my steal, but okay. just with the running quarterbacks, he's wanting to throw in there. Also, Andrew Luck, as far as the quarterbacks from last year, for some reason his value was getting pushed down quite a bit as well. I think he's going to have a good year. Ah, I disagree. I think he's going to have an okay year. Uh, I think last year they were they were a worse team, so then he had to throw the ball so much. Anyways, we're getting we're getting off track. Who's your steal? Let's put you on the spot. Well, my steal, one of the only players I could remember the specific price for was Darren Sproles for ten bucks. I think that was just product of so many players going for a little bit overpriced earlier in the draft. So when I got to him, ten dollars for a pretty good PPR back. Yeah. I thought was a pretty good steal. The, the other one, and this is kind of more of a sleeper pick, is Kenbrell Tompkins. And if he keeps that number two spot in the wide receivers for New England, he's gonna be a steal for one or two dollars. Yeah, absolutely. Um I am not as high on the Kimbrell Tompkins train. I don't know why it's a gut feeling. Maybe it's because my father in law is so high on him and I like to go against them, um, but I agree. Darren Sproles is a huge steal. Just for an example, in Lucas's draft, Darren Sproles went for what, like forty dollars. You you bought him in your your draft too, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so a thirty dollar differential there. Um, so let's go with the overrated pick. Who do you who do you got for your most overrated guy in the draft? Most overrated slash biggest bust of the year. I think it's going to be Jamal Charles. There's a lot of hype around him and the new offense with Andy Reid, mm. but every time. Andy Reid gets to a new place, even though this is his only new place for, I don't know, 17 years or something. He throws the ball a lot. Like 57% of the time, he throws it, which is pretty much well higher than the league average for the last 
fifty-seven percent. Fifty-seven percent of the time he throws the ball. Okay. Man, look so at. I think Jamal Charles is just gonna. I don't. Not sure if he's gonna stay healthy, and I just don't think he's gonna have that great of a year. Okay. Okay, man. Look at that. Bust out the fifty-seven percent. Someone did their homework. Um, good pick. I think he'll have a, a solid year. Uh, I'm kind of ambivalent for Jamal Charles uh, this year. So my most overrated pick this year is kind of a combo, but I really think Des Bryant is super overrated this year. Honestly, I don't know what the hype is about. Like, he had an okay year last year, and then suddenly everyone thinks he's like Calvin Johnson Jr., um, I really think he's gonna he's gonna have a mediocre year. He's gonna be the type of guy that gives you big production in games. He'll short score 30, 35, and then he'll just fall off the map because Tony Romo falls off the map. So it really, I mean, he goes as Tony Romo goes, and I think he's in the same vein as CJ Spiller. Uh, they're really big boomer bust guys, so they'll win you a couple games single handedly. But I don't think there's gonna be the type of guys that'll carry you each and every game through the playoffs. All right, so moving on, let's 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 talk about best. Uh, who you thought in the league had the best draft overall? Um, I, I, this is a tough one. Okay. Uh, for me, it was Nick. Nick just seemed to always come in at the last second and get really good value picks. Yeah, absolutely. And it was tough for me to watch. I hadn't spent a lot of my money pretty early. Yeah, it's always <laughs> tough to watch Nick succeed. Um, I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> Um, I th- you know, initially, you know, the buzz was around Nick's team. Uh, he had a really great draft. He got some good guys in the Valley slots. I remember him picking up Vernon Davis for like seven bucks, Marcus Colson for like 12 bucks. They're both going to have good years. Um, but really like looking at his team a little bit more, he got Isaac Redman in the flex. I'm not a huge fan of his. He has Hakeem Nix as that's, his second yeah, wide receiver. That's the one spot of his that, that was, that's a big hole. Isaac yeah. Redmond. And granted, he has Adrian Peters and Aaron Foster, both powerhouses. Um, remains to be seen if Aaron Foster is going to have as good of a year. And if Michael Vick gets hurt, uh, there goes the season. So really, Michael Vick is very uh, risky pick. Um, so my draft, I was looking at a little bit more, you know, new reaction would be Knicks. I'm going to actually go with your draft, Lucas. I think you had a pretty solid draft overall. Um, you know, the one thing, I mean, you have Dwayne Bow and Reggie Bush as your flexes, which are just awesome flexes. You have the two, in my opinion, best wide receivers in football in Calvin Johnson and Brandon Marshall. And in football, I mean in fantasy football, not real-life football. Um, and then Darren Sproles and LaShawn McCoy. Those are both solid picks. Although, you got a pretty crappy quarterback in Sam Bradford. Yeah. You know, it's kind of between him and Carson Palmer, and they're going up against each other in week one, and I, I really don't know yeah. where to go there. But I tried to get Vic, but someone Vic kind of stole him away from me because I had no money at the end. Yeah, Nick just came in, gobbled up everyone. Okay, and then maybe do you have an uh, underrated pick for this year? Someone who might not have like just blown you immediately, but who might end up having a good year. Yeah, and and initially this pick also kind of went to kind of having a good draft, but I think this is Amanda. Her, her first half of her draft, I really liked, but then the last half kind of tapered off a little bit. With I think she has like Golden Tate as one of the flex players. I just don't know if he's going to have a solid production. So so the one I really went with was Joe. Okay. And the key to his team is Shane Vereen. And yeah. if New England keeps on running it as much as they have, I think they were number one in the NFL running it inside the 10-yard line or something like that. Yeah. And so what they do, there's going to be plenty of points to go around for both Ridley and Vereen. Yeah. And if he plays and produces like he should, Joe could have a really good year this year. Yeah, first-timer, Joe, and then a, a kind of a dark horse pick, Amanda, too. Both first-timers, I like that. Um, I, I agree. I like Amanda's draft. Um, she had a lot of good value players. I really like Matt Forte. I like Russ Wilson. Her RB2 is a little weak in Vic Ballard, but if Eddie Lacy has a big year, she could be a dark horse. My pick actually goes with 
David, my father-in-law, Greenwood Saracens. Um, I, yeah, I know. I, I like to go against him, but I, I kind of like his draft if he's a dark horse, and there's a lot of if ands or buts. If Kembrel Tompkins has as big of a year as people are thinking, I think he's going to have a pretty solid year overall. Um, I hate, I hate the Monty Ball pick. I don't know why anyone in their right mind is picking Monty Ball this year. He had two points. I guarantee you, he's, he's going to, I bet you he drops him after week one. 20 bucks, he's going to drop, goes from starting to dropping. But really, Tony. I'm, I'm staying away from any Denver running back until at least one of them somewhat emerges. Absolutely. If you got three running backs, that's the, I don't even like two running backs. So, um, uh, yeah, if Tony Roma has a, a good year, I think he could be a solid pick to, to go fairly deep this year. So let, let's keep moving forward. Uh, let's talk about the actual matchups this week. And I just want to get this one out of the way. Joe versus Dan. This is pretty much a sealed deal, correct? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Peyton Manning, you know, Joe, being the wise veteran in life that he is, goes with Peyton Manning. The sure thing, even though there's always the net concerns, he just ends up throwing you like, you know, seven touchdowns this past week. It was actually funny. I was texting Joe during the game, and he was saying how he wanted more than five when he got five touchdowns. And I joked, and I said seven touchdowns or bust, sarcastically. And then guess what? He throws seven touchdowns. So Peyton Manning with 46 points. 46 points this week. Um, Really, Dan, I wish you the best of luck, but that's a lot of points. Um, And Justin Tucker, nine points to boot. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna give that one to Joe. I think that one's set in stone. Yeah, let's. That's mo- pretty much a stone cold lock. Okay, stone cold lock. Okay, um, Mike and Mike in the morning. <laughs> uh, so let's let's move on to Greenwood Saracens and Connie, who has yet to be named uh, with a team. I'm sure I will text her today. I will tell her to get on that though. Um, so we already got some action Thursday night football. Solid performances overall. Wes Walker, 25 points. Um, Demaryius Thomas, 33 points. Pretty much all of those in the fourth quarter. Um, unfortunately, though, like we talked about earlier, Monty Ball, two points. Pretty disappointing. Any thoughts on how this matchup's going to go this week? i got to give it to Connie. Okay, okay. Yeah, she, I mean, with the Demaryius Thomas, it's a little bit cheating to pick it after Demaryius goes to 33, like you said, mostly in the fourth quarter. But I think the uh, absentee player is going to be the one that comes away with the win here. And just just as a side note, I already mentioned this, but if Embro can somehow produce like he could, that could be the one saving grace for David's team. Yeah. You know, I, I, I go back and forth. You know, I went with David, and then I went with Connie. I think David still has a good shot, even though he's projected to lose. But we all know how accurate the ESPN projections are. Um, <laughs> Yeah, the, the Patriots are going against Buffalo. They have horrible defense slash secondary. Tom Brady always throws for a million yards on him. If he could have a big day, uh, he has some other heavy hitters, Julio Jones in there, Tony Romo. He usually starts off the season really well. So, uh, you know, remains to be seen. And Connie also needs to replace her RB1 because it's currently Fred Jackson. So if she's not listening to this podcast, she might be in for some trouble. So my pick, I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to pick David this week. Um, I'm just presuming that Connie's not going to remember to uh, substitute Fred Jackson because she has Steven Jackson on the bench right now. So um, let's move on. So Tiny Tackles versus Seth, yet to be named. Um, Amanda versus Seth. Uh, any, anyone you like in this matchup? Yeah, I'm going with Seth this time. Um, again, I'm a big Giovanni Bernard fan. He could be a huge PPR 
of the mats for Ben Jarvis Green Ellis. I think you kind of know what you're going to get with them, and the ceiling is really not that high. So I think you're going to see this this rookie um, emerge, and I think that's going to carry Seth to a win here. Yeah, this is probably one of the closer ones for me to go with this week. Um, you know, Eddie Lacy, you know, a lot of hype around him. He could be really great this year, but he's going against the 49ers. I don't like that. Vic Ballard, yeah. I mean, he's a weak pick in general, but he's going against Oakland, so that might be a saving grace. Um, it's tough. I am not as unsold on Giovanni Bernard as everybody else is. Um, I'm, I think the big things, big players for Seth would be A.J. Green and Tom Brady, and Ray Rice had already had a solid day versus Russell Wilson, Matt Forte, and maybe Pierre Garçon. So I think it's going to be tight. Oh, and Reggie Wayne, my fave, Reggie Wayne. I think it's going to be tight. Um, I'm going to go Seth by a hair, but really I think it could go either way this week. Uh, I, one I, of the closer matchups. Yeah, sure. definitely one of the closer matchups. All right, let's move on. Everyone's most anticipated matchup this week would be the Russell Athletics versus Team Juanes. Um, ben versus <laughs> Nick. Uh, any thoughts on this matchup this week? I think both these teams are going to probably make the playoffs by a decent margin. Um, this is the one, so I did all my picks, and then I went back and looked at all the predictions, what the uh, projected scores are, and this is the one I actually went against the spread. Not uh, Nick winning this one. Uh, I still have a few question marks about Doug Martin. I think Tampa Bay is going to be a real disappointment this year. I think that Josh Freeman is not going to be able to, to throw it well enough to open it up for Doug Martin. He might have a little bit of a sophomore slump. I still think he's a top 10 back, but more of a top Okay, okay. It hurts a little deep inside, but uh, I'm actually, you know, I, I'm trying to be unbiased. I really like my chances this week. Uh, let me tell you why. So, Arian Foster, week one, you know, there's still talk about the injury lingering. You know, they went out and said he's not going to get 30 carries this week. I think if there's any week where Arian Foster is not going to have a big week, it's going to be this week. So, I, I think that's one thing that will be working for myself. Again, like I said, I'm not a huge Hakeem Nicks fan. I'm not an Isaac Redmond fan. Um, and I, I honestly think uh, Doug Martin is going to have the best year in fantasy football. That's the kind of we, we diverge in that aspect. Because even if the, the, the Bucks are down, um, that's only going to work for Doug Martin because he's just going to, if Freeman doesn't, can't find anybody open downfield, he's just going to dump off to Martin. Martin's going to get his catches. He's going to get his PPR numbers. Uh, I really think he's going to have an amazing year. I like Amendola's chances. He's probable now. There was never really any question that he was going to play. Randall Cobb, uh, I, you know, normally I would go against, you know, anyone going against the San Francisco offense, but or San Francisco defense, but really, like, their secondary isn't the best secondary in the world. If there's ever a weakness, uh, it would be in their secondary and not their front seven. So I think Aaron Rodgers is savvy enough. He's going to air it out, and Randall Cobb's going to have a big day as well. Um, so I'm going to go with myself on this one, and I, I love Matt Stafford in general. Uh, this year, I think he's going to have a really, really big year. I'd say top three to four fantasy football uh, quarterbacks. All right, let's okay. round this out. Yeah, yeah, you heard it here first, guys, on this show. All the people listening right now. <laughs> okay, uh, last matchup this week would be Ryan versus Sproles Royce, who would be yourself, Lucas Hazelwood. Uh, do you have any seemingly unbiased opinions for this week? <laughs> unbiased is a strong word, but I'm taking myself. I, I just don't see. I just don't see myself losing. Um, I think LaShawn McCoy is going to have a pretty breakout game. The two biggest games this week, I think, are the Atlanta-New Orleans game and the Eagles and the Redskins. I think 
those two games could produce some seriously huge fantasy numbers, and I think LaShawn McCoy will be a huge beneficiary of that, even though it's on the road. Yeah. As much as it pains me to agree with you, I'm going to have to agree with you this week. Uh, I think you're going to win, and I think you're going to win by a healthy margin, actually. I really... Like you said, I, I agree wholeheartedly. The Washington-Eagles uh, matchup, that's going to be a high-scoring affair, especially with the new Chip Kelly offense they have there. And then um, uh, the Atlanta-New Orleans matchup, I think, they're always high-scoring. So those will be in the 30s and 40s. And then you got your good flex players. I'm, you know, David Wilson's value for Ryan has gone up since... Uh, yes, the, yeah. It looks like he's going to be getting a big share of the goal line carries as well. Yeah, absolutely, with all the injuries to the running backs of uh, the New York Giants. Uh, Torrey Smith, I'm not a huge fan of in PPR. You know, he'll get you three catches for 80 yards, but he's not going to He's not gonna rack up all the catches. And he already had two players. I mean, Torrey Smith and the Broncos, uh, respectable 13-9, and nine, but uh, I don't even think this is going to be close. I think he'll probably win by 20. Okay, so uh, last question of the show. I'm going to put you on the spot here. I want you to give me your final prediction for the score of the Seahawks game. Twenty-four seventeen. You know, I'm going to be a little bit more of a homer. I'm going to go 30, uh, let's go 30-17. I'll go 30-17. I, I think... Yeah, I think, you know, I think we're going to bust out this year. I think we're going to carry the momentum that we had. I, you haven't really seen much of the Seahawks' offense in the preseason. They did almost uh, no zone reads. They, they they kept Lynch in the garage. They really didn't do much. I think they're just going to bust everything loose. And uh, I, I don't think – I think Cam Newton, you know, he'll have his running yards because uh, I'm not really set on our defensive line. But really, uh, I think we'll contain him because he'll make his fair share of mistakes. He'll probably throw two picks uh, or so, and then we'll, our defense will take advantage of that. So I'm going 30-17, and I'll hold you to that next week. Yeah, I hope you're right. Okay, so that wraps up uh, the very first episode um, of the 10-minute drill here for the Swedish Fantasy Football League. Uh, I know this is really going to explode. People are going to be talking about this come Monday morning. It's going to be on ESPN. Uh, so really, start videotaping this. Put it on YouTube. Yeah, absolutely. Me, me in my pajama pants right now. I, think, I really think that's going to work well for the viewership. All right, I'll be behind the subway. Yeah, Lucas behind the subway and me in my pajama pants. Um, really. Uh, so thanks for uh, listening this week. If you're the you know two or three people who are actually listening, and uh, we'll get to you next week. So this is the ten minute drill. See you guys next week.